It's the North Shore Vineyard Church audio podcast. I'm Crispin Schroeder. Well, today on the podcast, we have kind of a different thing than normal. Uh, Today, we did a Tom Petty liturgy at North Shore Vineyard, where we worshiped Jesus, prayed prayers, read scriptures, and did this all uh, kind of jumping off of some Tom Petty songs, kind of as we reflect on his passing and just the world we're in today. So uh, this is going to be a little bit different service. The audio is a little different too, because we kind of recorded it in the room. So um, hope you enjoy it. Let's head to North Shore Vineyard. Thanks for listening. Right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to North Shore Vineyard. How y'all doing? Anybody happy we didn't get hit with a hurricane last night? Yeah. I'm about ready for hurricane season to be over. Probably not as ready as people in Florida and Texas and Puerto Rico. Well, we... uh, Being that we thought there was going to be more of a storm, we canceled children's ministry today. Yay! How many kids are happy to be in here with the adults today? Yay! Well, y'all picked a good Sunday to be in here with us because we are doing something a little bit different than normal. We're doing a Tom Petty liturgy this morning. (laughs) Come on, that was weak. (laughs) Okay, so why the heck are we doing a Tom Petty liturgy? I'll give you a little little background. All right, everybody simmer down. Everybody simmer down. When I hold my hand up, this means quiet, right? Or power to the people. Um. When we started this church back, when we were, were getting ready to plant this church back in 2009, it's kind, of a, it's kind of a crazy thing when you decide to plant a church in an area that you don't know anybody, and you're leaving a job and safety and community that you love, and when we stepped out into this process, Tom Petty became the soundtrack of our lives, me and Dina. It's the weirdest thing. Um, uh, for the first three years of doing this church, the songs that really sustained me were not worship songs. They were songs like Running Down a Dream, Searching for a Mystery, Following Wherever It Leads. They were songs like I Won't Back Down. <laughs> you can stand me up at the gates of hell, but I'm, I'm going to stand my ground. There were some days where the song that spoke to me the most was Free Falling. Because <laughs> honestly... That's where my life felt like for so many of those years. But one of the songs that we're going we're gonna to get to later today, which I think really spoke to me in, in a very different way when we stepped into planning this church, was Learning to Fly. Um, and we actually used that, we, that. The last time we played Tom Petty in here on a Sunday morning was our five-year anniversary where we played Learning to Fly. Um, about a month ago, I, I was invited to... Um, lead a Eucharist, um, a Eucharist with 10 U2 songs at the little Episcopal church uh, about five blocks down the road from us, Christ Episcopal. And that was such a cool experience, just worshiping with these songs. A lot of people don't realize how much spiritual content there is in U2 songs. And I came out of that experience and I said, you know, I, I think I posted on Facebook a few days later, like, this was so fun. I would love to do a Bob Dylan mass. And then right after I thought about that, I was like, I'd like to do a Tom Petty one. So I was thinking about this a few weeks ago, and I started working on it on the side. But with the passing of Tom Petty this week and all the junk going on in the world, I just thought, why why don't we try this? Now, I want to say something. Tom Petty, you might object saying, well, I didn't know Tom Petty was a Christian. Well, I don't think he was a Christian. He, it, it seems like in the interviews I heard with him, he was fairly agnostic. But, you know, when I talked about this a couple weeks ago, um, connecting with the culture, our job, our calling as Christians is not to try to convince everybody of what we believe and sell them on stuff. 
What we're trying to do when we connect with the culture, and, and when I say the culture, I mean the actual culture, but the people outside of church too. I mentioned the other day that our job is the job of, of investigators. When I sit down to talk with somebody who's not in the church, um, I'm not trying to, you know, get them to believe what I believe. I'm trying to actually focus on what the Holy Spirit is doing in their life because the Holy Spirit is at work in every single person on planet Earth right now. Now, some people are complete, or probably most people are completely unaware of the Spirit's work in their life. And there's many people who are not cooperating with the Spirit's work. But you can't breathe apart from the Holy Spirit. You know, the word Holy Spirit actually means, Spirit means breath, life. God sustains everybody. And so our job, our calling as Christians is not to just try to get people to believe what we believe and fight with them over, you know, you're wrong because you don't believe in Jesus. No, what is the Spirit of God doing in your life? And this brings me back to Tom Petty. I don't know if he believed in Jesus or not, but I hear the Spirit in his music. I, I, I hear the Holy Spirit in these songs. And so this may be a little bit of a weird thing to sing some of these songs. Obviously, he wrote some of these songs probably about women <laughs> and different things he was struggling with. But we're going we're gonna to sing them to God. We're going to reflect on our own journey. And if this is offensive to you, just try to open up your heart and See if you can encounter and listen to the Spirit within this. And, you know, at the very least, if you, if you don't like the idea of this, hopefully you'll at least hear some good songs this morning. I want to say one last thing before we jump into this. Uh, I don't know too many churches where you can get a band to come up early on a Sunday morning to learn a bunch of Tom Petty songs <laughs> on a moment's notice. I had really hoped that we could prepare for this liturgy for a few weeks, and, uh, but these guys are great, and I just want to thank all of them for, for jumping up here. Uh, one of these guys, David, on guitar, it's his first Sunday with our band, uh, and I want, to <laughs> I want to thank Glenn, Glenn Himha, too, who came up here to run sound for us today, who actually has lived in Florida, so I thought it was fitting to, to have him come in for a, a Tom Petty liturgy, but if you can, why don't you... Uh, Stand up and join with me, and we're going to, throughout this service today, we're going to have scripture readings and some, some prayers that we pray together as well as communion. So why don't you join me in praying um, and saying these, uh, reading these first scriptures. Luke 11, 9 through 13, Jesus speaking. Say this with me. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For whoever asks receives, the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him.
Ready? Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely. So often, we tend to look for God in our ideas and in our beliefs and in our doctrines. But Jesus, he handed us bread and wine, and he told us to look there in the physical, in the ordinary, in the organic, in the sustenance of daily life. Jesus extends to us bread and wine, and he invites us to encounter God. And when we can find God in objects such as bread and wine, we can find God anywhere and everywhere. So when we receive the Eucharist, we are practicing the art of learning to taste and touch and see and hear God within the context of our real life. We learn to see and smell the divine. God comes to us disguised as our very life. And our life is messy and it is full of joy and it is full of suffering. This God of the incarnation is not far away. This God is here and now. This God is found in every bite we take and every breath we breathe in, in each moment. So whatever circumstance you find yourself, that's where you will encounter God. God is in the bread, and we provide the hunger. Our thirst is the only prerequisite for coming to this table. So I ask you, as we continue with our worship service and we take the Lord's Supper, to breathe in and ask yourself, where is God right now in the circumstances you find yourself in? Join with me as we pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom and the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Had to find some higher ground. I had some fear to get around. You can't say what you don't know. Later I won't work no more. Last time through I hit my tracks. So well I could not get back. was hard to find Can't sell your soul for peace of mind Square one my slate is clear Rest your head on me my dear To the world of trouble To the world of tears To a long time Try so hard to stand alone Struggle to see past my nose I always have more dogs and bones I could never wear those clothes It's a dark victory You won and you also lost Told us you were satisfied, but it never came across. 
intermission. I'd say send your kids to Children's Church, but they're here already. Take a brief uh, moment to get you a cup of coffee and say hello to your neighbors, and we will continue All right. just a minute. I'm just going to pray for us to quiet our souls for a moment. <laughs> Holy Spirit, we just invite you to settle upon our hearts and minds that we would know your voice, your movement in our lives today, Lord. Amen. Well, I don't really have a terribly well thought out message today, so I'm just going to kind of share with you a few things on my heart from this week. On Monday, I woke up to the same horrible news that every one of you woke up to, that we had yet another mass shooting in this country. And uh, Monday's usually my day off, so I try not to stay online a whole bunch on Mondays if I can help it. Some Mondays are better than others, but I just realized very quickly, there, there's a thing that pastors often struggle with, depression on Mondays. If you, if you know any pastors, that's kind of a real thing, and I'm prone to doing that a little too. But when I saw the news, I was just like, I know I can become obsessed with this and focus on this all day, you know, just asking the questions that we all ask, you know, why? And, and I just know that's not going to take me to a terribly good place <laughs> emotionally. So I shut off the computer and I went about my day until about three o'clock that afternoon. And I decided I would check in with the internet again, see what's going on. And then I, I just got slammed with the, the awful news that Tom Petty uh, had had a heart attack or cardiac arrest. And I got to tell you, it, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. You know, in the last couple of years, we've had some giants of the music and songwriting world pass away. David Bowie, Prince, Merle Haggard, uh, Buckwheat Zydeco, Leonard Cohen. I mean, we could go on. I mean, last year was like a horrible year for musicians. But I didn't cry for any of those guys. And I don't know if it was just if it's just the state of our freaking world, but when I got the news that Tom Petty passed away, it just I just started bawling. Just broke my heart. And I think part of that is just the the contrast between kind of what Tom Petty stands for and where our world is right now. And I just found myself taking a walk that afternoon in the rain with a Tom Petty playlist, just grieving his loss, but also just grieving the state of our world. It seems like the loudest voices today are voices of fear, anger, violence. When I look at somebody like Tom Petty, even the songs we sing today, they're songs of joy, meaning, Songs that, that speak of our shared humanity, songs that speak of love, and the things, the intangible things that really make life worth living. I think so often when it comes to this country and politics and stuff, we, we, we fight about the purely kind of, uh, we, we fight at the level of like economics and pragmatics and, and, you know, style of government and all that stuff. I'm not minimizing it. It's important. I think sometimes we have to ask ourselves, we can get all that stuff settled and lose our soul, you know? You can answer all the pragmatic, economic, political questions, but if you don't have a world worth living for, it doesn't matter if you've got a Republican version or a Democratic version. It really doesn't. I think what made Tom Petty's passing particularly painful for me or just a place of, of, of grief, is I just really feel like in the past few weeks, I've kind of turned a corner myself. And so I'm going to share something with you this morning that I hope you still want me as your pastor afterwards. Um, but the last three years have been a very difficult time for me as a pastor and as a Christian. Um, 
I wish that I was the kind of person that could just take the answers that society and religion and politics give me, <laughs> but I've never been like that. I've got to ask questions, and I've got to keep following those questions with other questions, and, and sometimes if you're, pr- if you're a person quon- prone to questioning things, it can get pretty dark before it gets light. And so I've, a lot of people kind of expect, I, I think this is one of the things I hate about being a pastor. Everybody expects pastors to have answers. And I feel like these last three years I've had a lot more questions than answers. And I really, early this summer, uh, when we went on our vacation to um, the Southwest, my family, um, I was really in a place where I didn't know if I had a year left in me as a pastor here. And part of that was just, uh, it's nothing to do with you guys. It was, it was just when you're struggling with your beliefs and you got to get up every Sunday and, and preach the Bible, it's, it's a difficult thing. And after a while, it starts feeling like, you know, tyranny. <laughs> Now, I, I will say this. I've never preached anything that I haven't believed, okay? <laughs> but I was got to the point on our vacation where I told Dina, I was like, I don't know if i got another year left. I don't know because I can't keep doing this because I've really struggled with depression a lot, you know? And you suck it up and you keep going and you put a good face on it. And, I, and people who know me, I mean, I, I'm, I've, I've tried to be honest enough about this with, with, you know, a lot of close friends. So I'm not, like, trying to hide this. But I think the, <laughs> the crazy thing is you, it was a lot easier to believe the Bible before I became a pastor. It's a lot more difficult when you start actually digging into the scriptures and find, like, this is not an easy book to make sense of. <laughs> and so the first Sunday I came back after our vacation, I really felt I was at a place where I could walk away from this church. And I was actually in the process of preparing myself to do that, which was kind of ironic because it seems like at the moment where I actually became detached from this thing a little bit, I could actually see the wonderful, rare, beautiful things that are happening in the midst of this community. I actually talked to Dina about this. I said, okay, well, if we don't do this church, what do we do? We shut it down? Do we still come? (laughs) Somebody else is the pastor. And I began to realize, like, all the wonderful people that God has brought into my life in this church, I have never experienced the, the level of, of community and authenticity and loving, compassionate, wonderful people that I've experienced here at North Shore Vineyard. And I began to tell Dean, I was like, you know, if we shut this thing down, would we hang out with any of these people? And I'm like, we probably would a little bit, but I know how life is. We would all slowly drift apart that this church has, has provided intentionality to, to our relationship. It's something that we all get up and do every Sunday or, or every other Sunday, or for some of you, every six Sundays. It's okay, though. <laughs> and it's kind of funny because that was actually started me turning the corner early this summer. And then I've shared that, that I, I work with this organization called Songs for Kids where I go down to Children's Hospital every Tuesday and I sing songs to kids that are going through leukemia or cancer or stuff like that. And um, what a wonderful thing it is when you're struggling with doubt and you don't know what the heck you believe to show up in somebody's room and sing a song, and see the Spirit of God touch them. What a wonderful thing. And I found several of those moments this summer where I didn't even feel like going. And I just showed up, and I just sang. Sometimes I think singing a song is just goofy. It's, I mean, what is it? (laughs) And yet... Creating a space for God to just show up and minister. And I saw God do that 
several times. And then finally a few weeks ago, it was actually the week of my birthday. I think I finally hit the bottom. Finally landed on the handful of things I can say I truly believe. And I finally turned a corner. And I'm not going to go into all the, all the things that led into that, lest we be here all morning. I'm going to tie this back into Tom Petty in a second, though. <laughs> but as God began to work in my heart, even in my places of surrender and, and, and even ready to walk away from this thing, which honestly, sometimes you, you have to do that. I, I, I read a, a book a few years ago called The, the Critical Journey, and it talks about the spiritual, the, the, the spiritual journey, and it breaks it down into some stages. It says that journey, the, the, the first step is conversion. The second step is discipleship. The third step is serving. And most churches, that's all we ever focus on. If you ask most pastors, what's the point of, 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 of Christianity? It's, it's going through those first three steps. <laughs> well, what these, these authors of this book noted is that beyond step three, there's a wall. And everybody's got a wall. And when you hit that wall, all the answers that made sense on the front side of that wall don't make sense anymore. All the things that used to get you through, they don't work. Your prayers bounce off the ceiling. You'd wonder if God's there. It ain't working. And most people, when they hit that wall, they bounce off the wall and they, they leave church. They, they don't have any reason for church anymore. Or they keep coming to church, but they cease to, to experience any transformation. And churches are filled with people on that. Because everybody's going to hit that wall. Maybe that wall comes through uh, a disease, uh, death in the family, layoff of a job, a divorce, whatever. Whatever your wall is, when you hit it, you know. Then not, nothing works anymore. But if you can go through that wall, you'll come out the other side and go on to the other part of your spiritual journey, which is the other three steps, where ultimately you will become love. You'll become forgiveness. It won't be intellectual anymore. It'll be a process of transformation that has gone through the fire. And you may believe some of the things you believed on the front side of the wall, on the second side of the wall, but you're going to believe them in a very different way because you've been through the fire. It's no longer theoretical. It's been worked in your heart. Now, the thing about the spiritual journey is I, I, wish, I wish that wall was a one-time thing. <laughs> like, yeah, I did a wall back in 96. Uh, been great ever since. But I, I, <laughs> I don't think it's linear. Amen, Faith? <laughs> it's not linear. It's cyclical. And I can look back over my 25 years of following Jesus, and there have been many walls and each time I go through it, I hate going through the wall. But as soon as I get to the other side, I realize what has been put into me through that process. And I felt like I finally got through the latest wall a few weeks ago. I, uh, I've minimized in my own heart and mind, what being a pastor is. And partly it's because when I look around at the church in the United States, I don't feel like I identify with most of it. I think so much of what the church is in America, it's just another version of the kingdoms of this world, and it's fighting over the same stuff that the kingdoms of this world fight over. And I just don't, I, I don't, I don't want to do that. It's not why I got into this. And I've really minimized what being a pastor is in my own life. But I finally came to the point of like, you know, I'm a lucky man. Because in a world that is ruled by hate and evil and fear and greed and corruption, I get a chance week after week to help lead a community to learn to love and show compassion and not be selfish. To live in authenticity to live in truth and honesty, to walk through conflict and suffering with one another. I get to be a part of that. And our world needs that. Just the way our world needs people like Tom Petty. Our world is going to be less because people like Tom Petty are 
Leonard Cohen. Other amazing songwriters are gone. At least we have their songs. But I've really come to realize, like, even the simplicity of showing up and singing in a kid's room at Children's Hospital, that is not a small thing. It seems like a small thing. It feels like an insignificant thing. It's not up in front of a huge crowd. But I'd rather do that any day of the week. And so I finally kind of got to a place where, for the first time in at least three or four years, I think being a pastor is okay. Not that, not, not, not even being okay, it, it's, it's a good thing. <laughs> and Dina knows how much I've struggled with that. Now, where do I land on faith? Well, still believe in Jesus. <laughs> I have a handful of things that I've landed on that, that are, 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 I'm going to build my life on. Two of them are what we got up here, love God and love people. <laughs> but I just want to encourage every one of you in here, whether you're an artist or an architect, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or a businessman, whether you're blue-collar or white-collar or no-collar, We all have the choice to get sucked up into the, to the default mode of this world that is fight or flight or paralysis. We all have that mode. And, and listen, in light of just this, I mean, think of this last month. We've had four hurricanes, probably $300 billion of damage, and that's probably on the conservative side. We got the threat of nuclear war. We've got all the other stuff that's been happening in the Middle East for a decade and a half, got national debt. I don't need to go on and depress you, but, I mean, it's a, it's a depressing freaking world. <laughs> but we've got meaning right here, people. We've got something we can build our lives on, something we can give our hearts to. And we do this together. So we all bring our gifts. We all bring our passion. We show up. We do this thing. And as we do that, and I just I want to specifically... Encourage the artist in here. Because I've just realized, even, even as a songwriter, yeah, my songs are never going to be, uh, you know, as popular as Tom Petty. <laughs> but I need to write songs. Because that's the gift God's given me. And I can say something. And I can speak meaning into this world of chaos and disorder. But every one of us has something we can do with that. You know, probably the song of Tom Petty's that spoke to me the most when we planted this church. It actually became our theme song. And when we did our five-year anniversary here, it was the last time we played a Tom Petty song here in church. And we played it on a Sunday on our five-year anniversary. It was Learning to Fly. I, I read the other day for the first time how Tom Petty came up with that song. <laughs> he was just watching, I think, a, a, a TV program on pilots who train people to fly. And they said, yeah, learning to fly. The, the flying part's not that hard. It's the landing part. That's the hardest thing. And so Tom Petty wrote this little song, which he thought was just insignificant. You know, he's like, ah, learning to fly, but I ain't got wings. And actually, when you hear interviews with Tom Petty, he's amazed that that song ever took off, <laughs> that it ever got wings, so to speak. But I think it speaks to the spiritual journey, the journey of our lives. Because that's what we're trying to do here at this church. That's what we're trying to do as we follow Jesus. We're learning to fly, but we ain't got wings. And we fail. And we bump our toes. And we get in times of darkness, in times of doubt, in times of despair. But we keep getting up and we keep learning. And that's what I... I want to close our service with today. We sing this song as, as our confession of faith this morning. That God, we're going to keep showing up. We're going to keep 
learning. We're going to keep walking in a posture of humility, not as people who got it all figured out, but people who are just showing up to learn day after day. And even when we bump our, our feet and when we stumble and when we struggle, we keep showing up. And, and, you know, if there's a group of people that can keep doing that together, there's some good things that can touch our world. And our world needs it desperately right now. Let's get the band back up here. We're going to do one more song and close with a prayer.
want you to say this little prayer based on Tom Petty's lyrics. Let me, can you pass that over here? It's a corporate prayer for us. All together now. Spirit of God, give us grace in the journey as we keep running down this dream, searching out your mystery. Give us the courage to stand against the gates of hell that we won't back down in the face of adversity. Let your love continue to break down the walls of our hearts that we can truly be who you called us to be. We trust you are with us even to the end of the age. May we find your presence surrounding us and working in and around us as we continue to learn to fly with and by your spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank y'all. Oh, yeah, you can say something. The Holy Spirit just told me that I think we should pray for Crispin. Anybody, uh, if anybody agrees, please come up. Is that okay, Crispin? I'll start if anybody wants something to say, but dear Lord, Heavenly Father, light of light, God of gods, we thank you so much for Crispin's gifts, for being with us, for sharing his struggles, for sharing his questions, Lord, because it builds all of us up. We all have the questions. We all struggle, and his struggles guide us, and the Holy Spirit guides us through Crispin. Dear Lord, we just thank you. Thank you for your presence in his life and in our lives. And we just ask that your spirit, that we can stay connected to your Holy Spirit, Father. And stay connected through the Holy Spirit with Crispin. Pray this in the name of Jesus.